Testing, testing. One, two, three. One, two, three. Say something, Dave. Super Sounds of the 70s, and this is the 15th mic check. <laughs> So welcome back once again another what gear world's first podcast this time it is the world's first second ufc podcast and i'm joined by av dave out in cambridge hello also in attendance at the ufc event in london the ufc fight night 84 it was pretty cool what do you think of it dave Cool doesn't begin to describe it. I think Epic is uh, uh, a far more suitable word, my friend. It was um, it was off the hook. It was it was unbelievable from start to finish. There was just a constant stream of fish being thrown or or grown men rolling just... around on the floor. <laughs> and that was just Dave to get a beer at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and there was always almost a few more fish thrown when he came back with half a pint for me. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? You don't make that cost me. <laughs> oh my god! I, I think um, I think uh, you know, I had to sell out one of my kidneys for that. But anyway, you're welcome. <laughs> Half a pint, man. What the hell is this? Baby school. But anyway, it was a really, really epic event. Um, there are going to be some spoilers in here, so anybody listening, if you haven't watched the USC Fight Night '84, Silver versus Bisping. You might want to cover your ears um, at random times throughout this podcast. Um, maybe we should give like a key word before we, before we uh, say what the outcome of one of the fights were. Because we're literally going to talk about the fights, each fight, how we saw it, how it went down. What's going to be interesting for you guys is the fact that I know a fair bit about UFC and been a fan for it for a long time. Uh, and Dave is... Well, he's not new to sport, but he doesn't follow it as closely as I have. Um, so the two different uh, perspectives on what we saw on the night will be interesting for you guys, hopefully. Um, particularly if you're, you're a fan or you're not a fan at all. Or if you're a fan like me who's been following it for, I don't know how many years, maybe like seven or eight years now. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of the two sort of perspectives you're going to get when you listen to this podcast. Okay, um, so keywords. The keyword yeah. is, my friend, fight pass. Um, okay, yeah, fight pass. Okay. Um, if, if, you, if you're interested in, in the results of this fight, and if anyone's listening to this and they, they don't want to know what the results are, yeah. put this podcast on pause right now. If you haven't signed up to fight pass already, get on over to ufc.com uh, forward slash fight pass or yeah. Google fight pass. Um, it's, 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 it's as expensive as Netflix, so you've got no excuse. Yeah, get on, think... get, get signed up, and uh, and watch it for yourself, and then come back and listen to this, and um, you can uh, agree and disagree as what we're saying. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's um, worth it just to, to pay to pay even five ninety nine, which is the uh, the month by month price. Five ninety nine yeah. for for that fight, for all of those fights that we saw last night, uh, yeah. not last night on um, Saturday night. It, it's just so worth it. So. Um, it's good value. It's definitely yeah. good value. You know, the thing is, um, when you're watching these fights, um, I recommend you don't Google anything. Don't Google the results of any of the fights. Because when I started watching the UFC, I was behind. I was maybe even a couple of years behind. But when I was watching them, I was watching them with a fresh pair of eyes and I didn't know the results. And even 
uh, at the time when I was watching them, it was like, you know, it's like watching them for the first time. It's fantastic, you know. I remember watching all these old fights with Chuck Liddell and stuff and um, following him from early on in his career. And Anderson Silva as well. Watching Anderson Silva's first fights in the UFC and then seeing him sort of rise to the top how he did. And then actually seeing him in person, you know, I was like very close. I was standing right next to him because I had front row seats at the weigh-ins. Um, well, Dave. <laughs> well, anyway, listen, listen, I'm getting sidetracked now, right? <laughs> so anyway, in podcast one, I apologize for the low quality on the audio. Um, the condenser mic audio got corrupted. So we had to go with the, uh, the mic which was built into the Mac that we were doing the Google Hangout on. So it's a bit echoey. It wasn't up to scratch. I'm a bit embarrassed about the quality of the sound on that podcast. So apologies for that. Um, but where we left you on that podcast one um, was just after the Ultimate Media Day where me and Dave were in attendance. We got to uh, speak to a couple of the fighters. I got to meet Dan Hardy. It was a really, really great day. Um, Dave, what did you think of the Media Day? It was really good. It was really cool. Um, it was... Uh... It was a bit savage with all the reporters um, swarming around the fighters, but um, yeah, I'm surprised. I did, I'm surprised I didn't take anyone's cameras out. I'm normally a little bit clumsy, sort of uh, sticking my feet, you know, places, and there was just tripod legs everywhere and stuff like that. So, um, but, but it was good, man. It was good. It was it was a good crack, and I'm um, looking forward to next year. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cutthroat in there. It's pretty ruthless. Um, the journalists all kind of block around and it's really really difficult to uh to get in there unless you these guys are veterans you know they've experienced it before but i'll tell you what we did get which nobody else didn't nobody else got this footage like we got because we brought a selfie stick right and a wide angled uh lens on the action cam and literally it was like uh inspector gadget <laughs> little yeah. periscope like a little uh yeah tell us uh what is it? Telescopic, uh, Periscope. Self, uh, telescopic selfie stick with the action cam on the top. So we got a few shots above the crowds uh, of the fighters. So we're going to try and work those into some videos for you. Yeah. The unique angle. I don't think any, anyone else got that. I saw a few people seeing us do it with the, um, with this really lightweight, um, selfie stick. And I saw a, f a few <laughs> of the sort of professional journalists, trying to lift their cameras up like really high on, on their tripods and stuff. And it just wasn't working for them. It's quite, it's quite <laughs> funny. It was quite funny. Um, so the media day basically is the day when, um, before the fight, two days before the fights, you know, you get to sort of interview the fighters, get their opinions on a few things. And I actually got to ask Brad Pickett, um, about the origins of his name, one punch. Right. And this is what he said. I've lived up to that name in the UFC before. I knocked out Yves Jabon uh, in Nottingham with a one punch, but he actually came for boxing. Uh, I, could, I used to have a, I got called one punch. Uh, also because of my attire, people uh, relate to it from Snatch. So uh, the character Mickey One Punch from there, they relate to my character to that. But I wear the trilby and braces in, in uh, homage of my, my granddaddy who was a bare knuckle boxer and that's what I used to wear. <laughs> and uh, I won't tell you what happened, Maybe it did, maybe it didn't um, end in one punch. That's something you're going to have to sign up to fight pass for. Yeah, I think I think we should. I think we can, I think we're safe to talk about the uh, the fights in this one. I mean, we we we've given the listeners ample chance to go and uh, go and sign up and, and watch it before listening to this. I, I kind of want to talk about the results. Okay. You know? Well, you know? like Dave just said, um, 
you know, we, we're going to talk about the results now. So you guys should check out Fight Pass. And uh, yeah. So anyway, fightpass.com. <laughs> fightpass.com. So Brad Pickett didn't win the fight with one punch. He won it with many punches. And it was a good fight. But anyway, we're going to get to that in a minute. So we kind of left you with the, the, the media, Ultimate Media Day, which was fantastic. Dave had a lot of croissants and coffee. Uh, <laughs> Once again, man, it wasn't me, man. <laughs> You were the first one. You were the first one to the buffet table, my friend. <laughs> um, and then, so you were the after... one that spiked the milk with the, with the sugar lump as well. Yeah, that was an accident, man. I tried to push it out, but it just started to crumble. It was like, what do I do? What do I do? There was no one around, so I just uh, I didn't I didn't know what to do, man. So I apologize if anyone had. Uh, um... Apologize to all these diabetics out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 anyway, so that was the uh, that was the media day. It was fantastic day. Um, you know, I think the highlight for me was um, meeting Dan Hardy. Um, we also got to meet with some execs, um, UFC top top execs as well, which was fantastic. Uh, so let's move on anyway to the weigh-in day. So uh, at the Indigo Two in the O2 Arena, um, the Millennium Dome, it used to be called. I think it's just. What's it called? It's just called the, the O2 o, now, isn't it? It's just called the O2 now, yeah. That's right. Um, so we showed up, um, and weigh-in day is basically where the, the day where the uh, the fighters have to make the weight cut and make the weight. Otherwise, if they don't, they can sort of forfeit, you know, some of their fight money, um, or they have to go back and they get a certain amount of time to to lose the weight and and get back on the scales. Right, how do they uh, do that, man? Go and take a dump or something, I suppose. <laughs> and, uh, no, I think normally what they do is they put on like a sweatsuit and they go in a sauna or they ride a bike or something, you know, like a... Um, oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. they try and sweat it out. Um, right. Weight cutting, I think, is, from what I understand, it's one of the hardest parts for the fighters. You know, a lot of them say um, the weight cut is like the fight before the fight. I know some of them really struggle to do it. Um yeah, so uh, so they're all making weight. Uh, we show up at the uh, at the Indigo Two, and um, we got our press passes. And uh, so Dave is uh, <laughs> so I I basically took the opportunity. I thought, right, if I'm going to be sitting down for a while, I'm going to get thirsty. Might get a little bit hungry. So I got some crisps and a beer, and I made my way to the front. And I was literally front and center. Comfortable uh, were we? <laughs> <laughs> I think I had the best seat in the house. And uh, Dave <laughs> was right in the back. <laughs> On my feet the whole day, filming everything. Uh, standing up at the back on the uh, the camera sort of um, stand, standing. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so the weigh-in day was fantastic as well. I got to meet Antonio uh, Minotauro Noguera, a legend in the sport, former heavyweight champion. Um, I got him to sign the UFC hat that I got. Um, the Team GB UFC hat is now signed by the legend himself. Um, but the weigh-ins, what did you think of the weigh-in experience, Dave? I thought it was great, to be honest. Um, I was, to be honest, I, I was praying for a bit, bit more trouble than there was, though. Um, I, I, wanna, I, I did, I did uh, secretly want some of the fighters to kick off a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but it was good. It was good. The, the whole experience from, from a from a fan perspective. Um, I think it's it's like uh, they they uh, UFC try really hard to to you know 
give the fans as much access um, to the fighters as they can. So you got the open workouts early in earlier in the week, yeah. and you know for, for all those stalkers, they can they can they can hum, <laughs> they can hunt around the area. The fighters are training and, and staying and and stalk them um, <laughs> to their <laughs> um, yeah. It was good to see the fans getting a chance to speak to some of the fighters as well. I mean, the the middleweight champion Luke Rockhold was there. He got yep. asked a load of questions by the fans. Uh, the uh, Forrest... Um, Forrest Griffin. Forrest former, Griffin was there as well. Uh, former light heavyweight champion and one of the icons in the sport. Um, if you're going to check out Fight Pass, one fight, probably the first fight you should look at is um, Forrest Griffin versus uh, Stefan Bonner. Uh, that fight was one of the sort of pivotal moments in the UFC's history because it was... The two of them came through the Ultimate Fighter show, which is a TV show. Um, which are, I believe they're on Fight Pass as well. Yeah, yeah. So the Ultimate Fighter show is really good because basically what they do is they chuck a load of fighters in one sort of house and uh, they train together. But they, they normally split them in two teams and they train together in those two teams. And then each week, uh, one person from the other team uh, versus another person from the other team. There's two head coaches as well. Um, so the head coaches are actual UFC fighters and they kind of, you know, pick um, a fighter to fight against one of their fighters kind of thing. It's a tournament structure and uh, these two kind of rose to the top and that fight was one of the sort of epic moments, um, the most pivotal moment in UFC's history, I think, most likely. Um, yeah, anyway, check that one out. But Forrest Griffin was there. He ran on stage, so he was running. Run, Forrest, run on stage. Uh, <laughs> Um, really, really cool. And Dave mentioned, you know, people got to ask questions, and guess what? I got to answer. Oh, God, let me tell you. Guess what? I got to ask a question too, <laughs> and uh, I think my question was the best, to be honest. And it was. Uh, I'll tell you what. Why don't we just play the audio of the question? Oh dear, um, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this is interesting, right? And uh, you guys should definitely check out Fight Pass at the end of this. Uh, well, probably now, because I asked. Oh, God damn it, man. I can't speak today. <laughs> uh, you doing a little boozing? I have actually got the old speckled hen here that you left behind me. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> the, what the hell? Yeah, yeah, so it's all it was to drink in the fridge. Um, got a bit of a sore throat. Um, so anyway, I think I asked the best question. And I actually, uh, I, and actually in the uh, post-fight press conference, I got to ask Michael Bisping the same question. And you know what? I've never really understood why so many people and so many of the fighters in the UFC hate Bisping so much, you know? I've always thought, hey, he seems like a decent guy. And uh, so I asked Bisping the same question. And this is the answer he gave me. When we censor these questions, we've just been in there and laid our lives on the line. You're asking us about a goddamn video game. Come on, mate. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have to apologize for that question. I, I did actually apologize for that question to, uh, to the UFC guys that were, were in the room at the end of the post-fight press conference. In hindsight, I kind of realize now I had a few questions in mind, like serious questions as well, but we are taking the angle of the sort of EA UFC game that's coming up. 
and the whole event had uh, EA UFC 2s plastered all over it. It was the sponsor for the event. I didn't think it was a, a bad question. Um, but I realize now I should have hit that curveball with a few heaters first. You know, I throw a couple of fastballs and then, uh, and then throw the curveball at the end. And, uh, yeah. I think you would have got the same response if I'm honest. <laughs> I think, I think they would have been okay with the other questions but, in that one. But you, but you know, do you know what's funny? When me and Dave left the event and it was all emptying out, we were literally just hanging out the side of the O2, outside of the uh, arena. And uh, Scott asked him, who won by... Uh, I bloody forgot to warn him. <laughs> all right. Anyway, Scott asked him. We bumped into him. He was just walking down. I was like, hey, how's it going, man? Good knockout. Fantastic knockout. Um, what did you think of my question that I asked? He goes, oh, Bisping was a bit hard on you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Um, so I don't think it was a really, really bad question. It was quite bad. But um, I think if I was to go back and ask some fresh questions, well, the other questions I had in mind, I probably would have asked Bisping uh, what would he have done differently to have ended the fight in the second when he knocked Silver down with a with a nice combination. He actually knocked his gum shield out, didn't he? Mm, um, it was right. a it was a good combination, and I actually thought that he might have been able to end the fight right there. Um, so I'd probably ask him, you know, what would you have done differently uh, in hindsight to finish the fight at that point, that moment in time. Um, that probably would have been a better question. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> Let's move on from that. Let's swiftly uh, move on. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, I'll, like I'll, be a, I'll be at standby at the back of the room with the tranquilizer gun next time. <laughs> yeah. The blowpipe. You know like, you know, like uh, in the videos we've done in the past, the World Gear videos, where you hear the sort of bell and the wind and the, and the tumbleweeds? That literally happened. <laughs> 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 and I apologize for that anyway. Let's move on. So let's let's talk about the fights from the beginning of the night up until the end. So uh, the first fight of the night was David Tamer uh, versus Martin Svensson. Mm. Uh, two Swedes. Um, I guess UFC chose these two guys because I guess Sweden's fairly close to, to England. I think quite a few people must have flew over for this as well. There was a lot of Swedish people in the crowd. Um, or maybe it's just uh, Swedish people who live in the UK. I'm not sure. What do you think of the fight, Dave? It was great. It was a it was a perler to start the night off. To be honest, um, there was you know there, we were we were in the media room, sort of very close to the start of the, to the start of the bill, um, and I was a little worried that we were going to miss the first fight because um, we were setting up and whatnot. Um, but I'm glad we made it. It was um, it was well worth a watch. Um, yeah, hats off to David Tamer. I think he wasn't it was his first fight for the UFC. I'm not sure if it was his. first I Think fight. it was his first fight in the UFC. And a good, think, a good way to start as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, knockout in the in the. Um, I forget which round it was now. Oh no, he hit no. He's uh, he's four. He's four one and oh. So he's had a few fights. Maybe it was, maybe it was a return to the UFC. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I'm not that familiar with all the undercard fighters. I mean, I think this is the first time I've seen him fight. Quite often, when I watch the pay per views, you tend to kind of just watch the main card. So you don't see a lot of these fighters. Um, oh, round you... two. It was a knockout in round two. Yeah, it was a good knockout as well. It was very clean. 
Yeah, it was kind of, it was an exciting fight, I have to say. Mm. Really, it was a, it was a very emotional finish for him though. And once, once, uh, once it was all over, he uh, he broke down quite hard. Um, kind of fell for him a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And we did try to get an interview with him after the fight as well. Um, but once again, we weren't prepared for the sort of aggression <laughs> of the journalists in the media room. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't prepared for that. I think next time we'll have to take a riot shield and just barge some people out of the way and just like... Um, Tasers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cattle prods or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we weren't prepared for that. Um, and we had to get back out there for the second fight. Uh, which was, this was one of the most um, surprising fights, how quickly it ended. It was Timu Pakalan versus Tybalt Goti, right? Yes. Again, these two fighters fairly new to me. Uh, I haven't seen them fight before. I was super impressed with Timu. Um, yeah, if you don't know the result, uh, check out Fight Pass. <laughs> but he basically won by uh, uh, guillotine very quickly. How quick was it, Dave? Um, how long? How long is it? It's five minutes, isn't it? In a round. Um, no, I mean, how how long? How quick did he finish? Was that twenty it, seconds or something? It was four minutes thirty-five remaining in round one. So, uh, oh, so it went four. I thought it was right. Oh man, this is going to make us sound really stupid now. <laughs> no, no, was no. no it? It's four minutes thirty-five remaining in round one. So it was um twenty-five seconds, I think. Twenty-five second finish, and he caught him with the guillotine very early on. I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm looking. I'm looking on uh, UFC at the moment, and the way I think they do it is when the fight was stopped in that in that round, four minutes eighty five remaining on the clock. Yeah, so that means yeah, twenty five seconds in. Um, yeah. It was impressive with a win like that. You know, it definitely makes Timu look really, really good because he caught that submission. But I kind of feel bad for the other guy because he didn't get to show any of his skills. Imagine training for like three or four months to put his fight and you don't even get to throw a punch. Yeah, looking at <laughs> looking at the um at the result at the statistics, I mean, um there's just a big fat zero on on the side <laughs> of the page, unfortunately. Uh yeah. zero knockdowns, zero total strikes, no significant strikes, takedowns or submission attempts. Um Yeah. It it's it must be quite a hard pill to swallow uh, for old Tibolt. Um it's a shame, you know, but that's how it goes, man. And we really don't know. Imagine if that had gone, you know, all three rounds. We don't know what kind of a fault, um, what kind of a fighter Tybalt is, because he didn't even throw a punch. <laughs> yeah, they give him another shot. Um, yeah, good luck to him for the next for his yeah. next uh, uh, bout. I think he'll be uh, he'll be a bit more cautious about getting uh, submitted in that next one. Uh, <laughs> sorry anyway let's move on to the next one the next one was um, quite exciting it was the heavyweight fight um, versus um, sorry uh, Daniel Emil Chilnuk uh, how do you say that Dave uh, I'm going to let you say that one <laughs> Emil Enchuk Emil Enzuk yes uh, <laughs> this is called him Daniel <laughs> Danny boy yeah and Jarvis Daniel right Jarges. Two Jarges. Jarges Danho. Yeah. From Germany. And uh, um, Daniel from Poland. Yeah. Now, two massive dudes here, right? We really expected to see a knockout early in this fight. And it did go back and forward quite a lot. There's quite a bit of wrestling going on. Mm. Um, 
It was an exciting fight. It wasn't the outcome that we expected. No. Um, what did you think of the fight in general, Dave? It was, uh, I mean, just going back to the way, and when I saw these guys coming out for the way, and I thought, holy moly, this is going to be good. I can't wait to see these two go toe-to-toe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, these, these guys, if you, if, you don't know, if you don't know who we're talking about, you've not checked out Fight Pass yet, these guys are like a couple of man mountains. They are huge guys. Um, but unfortunately, it, uh, it got stopped in the, was it the third round? Yeah. I think... <laughs> uh, yeah, round three, it got stopped uh, almost, almost sort of like uh, pushing on halfway, almost halfway into the third round. When uh, one of them, um, uh, Daniel, I think, got his uh, crown jewels um, <laughs> almost severed by the other two. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, there was a, a decision to um, to stop the fight, but you know, the doctor came in and. Um, he said he couldn't. He couldn't continue, so he went to the scorecards and he won um, by decision. Yeah, um, yeah. Two judges to one, though. I mean, one of the judges actually had them even, Steven. So, um, so hold on. The kick to the balls didn't end the fight, but he did get kicked to the balls, right? They, they, he still fought to the end of the fight. He did. No, no, he? no. He um, he it got stopped in the third round. So he was disqualified. Well, <laughs> Basically, he couldn't he couldn't continue. So the the other guy wasn't disqualified, but once when they can't continue, he goes to the judges' right. scorecards, right, and, the, right, right. and the, the judges had it, had him. Uh, two of the judges had him, Daniel Daniel winning it twenty nine to twenty eight, and the mm-hmm. third judge actually had it uh, level twenty nine twenty nine. So, um, yeah, by the, <laughs> by the skin of his drawers, I think. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> I bet he had a bit more of a high-pitched voice uh, <laughs> when he went home. Uh, <coughs> I see, that's so. He had to get a bag of ice. Anyway, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so anyway, let's move on to uh, the next fight of the night, which was, uh, this was one I was really looking forward to, right? So Norman Park, um, he came through the ultimate fighter, much like Forrest Griffin, who I was speaking about earlier. Um, he looked really good on the ultimate fighter. Um I think he did. He even win it. I think he might have even won it. Can't remember. I should know this. Anyway, he came through the Ultimate Fighter, and he's fighting a um, Rustam Kabilov, right now. Kabilov is training out of Jackson's camp. Who's basically Greg Jackson is one of the uh, the great trainers in MMA. A lot of people people see him as um, the Yoda of MMA training. Um, he's trained some of the best fighters, some of the the biggest champs uh, like George St. Pierre, who's now retired. Uh, <coughs> it's worth, if you don't know anything about the sport at this point, um, that's a fighter you want to have a look at on Fight Pass. Um, he really was the superstar of the sport for a long time. And, you know, he would sell out stadiums. He was the big name. A lot of people wanted to see him fight Anderson Silva. Um, and that fight nearly happened a couple of times, I'm told. Uh, but it never did in the end, and he's retired now. But anyway, Greg Jackson's, he's also got uh, John Bones Jones, who's probably, who's actually now quite possibly considered the, the, the greatest of all time, even above Anderson Silva, just because of the pure caliber of fighters that he's beaten. He's, he's basically beaten all of the big names in the light heavyweight division. I don't think there's really many people left 
for him to beat. Um, but anyway, that's a, that's a whole different uh, topic. There's a lot going on with John Bones Jones uh, in the background, which we could talk a lot about, um, but we won't do that today. Let's talk about this fight. Norman Park versus Kabilov. Dave, what did you think? Um, yeah, I mean, it was the um, first, it was the first British fight. It was the first British fighter, so uh, we were... He's actually um, he's from Ireland. So, yeah, he's like, yeah. He's Northern, I- Northern Ireland, isn't he? Yeah. Northern yeah. Ireland, I think so. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he still counts. <laughs> he's, he's, he's still British. He's from Northern Ireland. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he was w- well-received by the crowd, and um, unfortunately, things just never really got going for him. Um, it, I mean, uh, Kabalov uh, dominated uh, throughout the entirety of the three rounds, and um, it, it, basically, it basically went to ground, didn't it? And um, yeah, yeah. I think he was just... He was just overpowered and, and outmaneuvered on on, uh, on all three rounds. So, yeah, and for, uh, commiserations to him for for that fight. I think I think um, I think it might have been a different story if if it, if it was a you know um, blows uh, blows thrown as opposed to um, ground and pound. But anyway, yeah, I think the problem is with with Park. He quite he he uh, relies quite a lot on his judo. I think the problem is with Park is that, you know, he relies a lot on his judo, right? In his previous fights, he's kind of won by out-wrestling people, pushing people up against the fence, leaning on them, wearing them out, and ground and pound and stuff like that. Mm. The problem is with this Russian, and most Russian fighters in the UFC, actually all the Russian fighters in the UFC are really, really strong wrestlers. So wrestling, it kind of cancels out judo. Um and he actually got out-wrestled in this one quite badly. Mm. Um, and I think everybody kind of knew that that's going to be Kabalov's game plan. That's what he does. He wrestles. Um, he's also got a good ground game as well. And uh, training out of Jackson's, um, you know, he's got good uh, good strategy behind him as well. And Park just didn't have any uh, uh, answers to those questions um, that he was throwing out there with his wrestling. And... Uh, yeah, his striking just was, he was always, he always seemed like he was just a little bit behind the movements of Kabilov and never really managed to land anything significant to change the pace of the fight. So it just kind of, it just kind of panned out like that, unfortunately. Good fight though, good fight. It's a shame Park didn't win. Uh, Rustam Kabilov did deserve the victory in that one. Yes. There was no doubt. Yeah. There was no doubt about it. So on to another British fighter. The second British fighter on the card, Bradley Scott. Um, he again was in one of the ultimate fighters. I think it was the smashes Australia, uh, G- GB versus Australia. Um, he did fairly well in it. I have to say he didn't look amazing in this fight. He, he, he looked, if you, if you consider right, that these two fighters are in the same weight class as the main event, the level of, of fighting, the, the quality of the fighting the fact that they guessed out so early in the fight, and when you look at the main event, they went five rounds, you know, mm. fast-paced all the way to the end. You kind of see the different levels of fighters here. I kind of felt like they guessed out in round two, both of them. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it was just a really grueling fight. Um, took a lot out of them. What did yeah, you think? I mean, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, the, the, the stamina wasn't there really uh, in them, but... Uh, 
Jotko um, definitely dominated uh, the fight. Yeah. I mean, he, he had, he had uh, just shy of two minutes worth of the control on the stats. Uh, both yeah. of them threw a significant amount of punches, but uh, I mean, uh, jo- uh, Jotko threw about 184 and uh, Scott uh, about 116. So, I mean, you got you got to remember that the um, when you throw that many punches, that is gonna that is gonna tire you out quite quickly. Um, yeah, but Jock, Jocko just dominated really. Um, uh, just just yeah, just just t- um, took him apart really. Um, landed thirty four percent of one hundred and seventy significant strikes, which is uh, which is not bad, not bad at yeah. all. And he managed a lot of punches to, thrown. He managed to take thrown. him down twice as well. Um, Forget if that was on one in one consecutive consecutively in one round, but he got two out of four um, takedowns, and um, Scott did try and take him down once, but he he was just um, just too quick for him. Jocko was just too quick for Scott on this yeah. occasion. I think. I think it's a really good example to show you the difference between just uh, an entry level fighter in the weight class and a top level fighter in the weight class. If you watch this event, if you watch this bout, and then watch the main event. You can really see the difference between the top ten fighters and, and the sort of uh, lower level in the in the mm. weight class. There's a lot of work to be done for these two fighters if they want to make it up the ranks. Um, but it was good. It was a good show. I have to say, yeah. it was a good fight. I, I would. I would. Um, I would also like to say though. I mean, it's, it's easy for us to sit here and. Uh... <laughs> And say, oh, yeah, he's got, he's got a lot. A he's got a lot of work to do. He's got a lot. Of <laughs> the stones these guys have to go into that ring. Yeah, no, do what it, they do is, is yeah. I mean, so, to be in the UFC in the first place, you've got yeah. to be at the top of your game. But what I, what I wanted to say was, what I was trying to say is, you know, you can see why these guys, Bisping and Silver, are, are where they are, is because they've worked so damn hard to be that good. Yeah, that they can go five rounds and not guess out. Um. These guys are certainly working hard, um, but they have, if they're aspire, aspiring to be like the main event, um, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> worth it's worth it's worth pointing in out. Um, I know I'm just looking at Bradley Scott's uh, bio at the moment, and uh, he's only 26. Uh, he's got a long career. Time. You know, both, both of them 26. Both of them are 26, are they? Yeah, yeah. All oh, right, so yeah, I mean, these guys, these guys got a long way to go. I mean, if you look at the likes of Bisping, he's um, he's he's about he's about my age, I think. He's in his thirties, so um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, these guys got these guys have probably got a long, bright future ahead of them in the UFC. So uh, good luck to them. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. So on to another fight now. We another we have another um, British fighter. They call him the Almighty Arnold Allen, and. Um, He's from Ipswich in England, which is pretty cool. Um, it's not the race for me. Is it? Oh, right. Yeah, it's not, not too far, <coughs> not too far at all. Um, it was a good fight. It really was a good fight. Um, I think he, he had a, he had an amazing welcome um, yeah. into the arena. Um, the, the, the crowd were really starting to G up. I, I mean, it was starting to fill up by this point uh, quite a lot. So um, yeah, I think I think that helped him out quite a lot. Um, he he sort of uh, he dominated. Uh, Certainly, a couple of the rounds, I'd say. Um, I mean, the judges had him all, had him on all three. Uh, all three judges had him as, yeah. as the clear winner of thirty twenty seven by all three judges. So, um, yeah, he managed to he managed to get a knockdown. Um, 
he control he controlled for four four uh, just under four and a half minutes of the of the total total fight, which is which is pretty impressive. Uh, managed to get four takedowns in, uh, so and he had a hundred percent record on that as well. Succeeded in every single one of his takedowns. So hats off to him on that one. It was a good um, fight. It was a good fight. Yeah. One of the things about this event, you know, for us, well, for me in particular, it was quite hard to look at these fights with an open mind because you kind of you kind of see these fights with a sort of Union Jack colored lens. You know what I mean? You kind of lean towards the home fighters. So you're always biased when you're looking at these fights. Well, I was anyway. Um, so, you know, I always thought, yeah, I always look at it, you know, positively for the home fighter. And then, uh, you know, even if the other, <laughs> even if the other fighter shows glimpses of greatness, you kind of disc, you don't, you don't take that on board. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying. I have to say I, I, I actually swing the opposite way. For me, it's, it's all about the performance, uh, yeah. be it home or not. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I am quite patriotic. But at the same time, if um, if uh, a foreigner comes and, and then you know, and schools the English, the English person when, when they've... Uh, Got got a relatively even even Stevens chance of beating each other. Then hats off to them, man. I, I applaud them all the way. Yeah, I think I was quite biased um, towards the UK fighters. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the next one. This one was super exciting. It was really really cool. Um, it was Scott Askham from Doncaster, England, and uh, Chris Dempsey from America. Mm. And this uh, was probably. This- this was probably my number two fight of the night, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, it was fantastic. And I got to meet Scott Askham, I mentioned earlier. Uh, he liked my question. He liked my question about the finishing move. And you know what? He probably liked it because he finishes fights. And uh, he finished this one <laughs> spectacularly, right? Didn't yes. he? That combo, yes. I think, was one of the best combos. It was the best knockout of the night, for sure. Oh, 100%. Um, 100%. But saying that, actually... If Silver had finished his knockout, uh, instead of jumping on the cage and celebrating, that probably would have outdone it. Yeah, I mean, we'll get to, we'll get to that. We'll like, get to that. You we'll need to check to bypass. You need to check bypass for that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I apologize for my sore throat, by the way, people, if you're listening to this. If I don't sound as, like, chirpy as normal, um, I've got a really bad sore throat. <laughs> oh, it's nothing to do. With beers that I didn't drink um, <laughs> <laughs> at the event. Um, no, I, I, we weren't drinking at the event. It was the day before the event. We had, I had a few beers. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, Scott Askham landed a fantastic combo. Ended the fight. Um, it was like something out of Street Fighter, the way he landed that. And um, it was game over for Dempsey. Pretty early in the fight. What was it? Round one? It was round, round one, one it? yeah. It was um, just 15 seconds left on the clock um, of round one. Um, and yeah, it was a superb finish. I believe it was a left hook. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he was, uh, Dempsey's legs just went from under him. And then uh, Askim just came in and just finished him with a kick to the side of the head as well. And it was just, um, it was just yeah, too, he was just too, too cool for school on that, on that occasion, I think. Um, I look forward to seeing uh, Askham fight again at some point. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to be watching out. You know what was funny is where we were sitting in the uh, stadium, 
<coughs> just in front of us, in the row in front of us, there was a fighter called uh, Jay Furnace, right? And uh, he tried out for one of the Ultimate Fighters, and he nearly got in, from what I understand. He submitted somebody with a Noma Plata in, tra- in, the, in the sort of open sparring, grappling, and uh, they overlooked him and let the guy that he submitted to go to the next round. I don't understand that. Maybe they made a mix-up. But anyway, this guy said to me, before this fight even started, he says, Scott's got to knock him out. That's what he said. And I was mm. like, okay, okay. So when we watch it, and he knocked him out in the first round, I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. And, and then I started talking to him a bit more afterwards. And he's, you know, he's a fighter. He knows all this stuff. So throughout the night when certain things were happening, like the grappling and that, whenever I asked him, I said, oh, why didn't he finish that move? What, what he knew exactly what uh, was going on in the fight. So this might be, I've got his email. So I might actually ask him to come on to the uh, UFC What Gear podcast at some point. Um, voice some of his his opinions, you know, from his experience. He knows all about fighting and the little nuances that's involved in it. So, what do you yeah. think, Dave? Yeah, I mean, um, I mean there's a, a big event um, on uh, UFC 196. Um, oh, yeah. That's a big, big event. That's not just in, a big um, event. It's, uh, when is it? It's um, March 5th, isn't it? It's um, coming down. It's, um, it's next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. McGregor versus Diaz. It's going to be huge. This is good. Let's, let's not... Uh, actually, let's not talk about this right now. Let's talk about this at the end because I don't want to detract from the UFC fight night that just okay. happened. Um, that's a big fight, though. We'll talk about that in a bit. So, anyway, let's move on to the next one, which was Davy Grant, right? Another tough fighter. Um, he probably looks the, really probably good. Probably one of the bloodiest fights of the night, I have to say. Yeah, he, you know, this guy, is, he's from up north, he's from County Durham. Um, he's tough as nails, this guy, and he's, he's always shown moments of greatness in the past, but he's been out for a couple of years. I'm not sure if it was an injury that put him out, um, but he's been out for a couple of years. He was fighting against Marlon Vera um, from Ecuador. Dave, what did you think of this fight? Yeah, as I just said, I mean, it was one of the bloodiest fights of the night. Um, the... Uh, Grant got a, got a cut his head at some point um, halfway through the fight, I think, um, and it just just was going everywhere. He looked uh, proper war torn by the end of it, but he dominated. Yeah, he he, he absolutely dominated um, Vera on the toe to toe stuff. Absolutely, uh, to, to the to the point where uh, Vera just wanted to take it down um, to the ground all the time. In fact, Vera spent most of his time on his back um, through through the fight. And got um, quite a few kicks to the backside, um, to the to much the amusement of the crowd. <laughs> yeah, I have to say, you know, all my sort of years of watching UFC, I've never really seen a crowd like the English crowd, uh, sort of, <laughs> sort of uh, um, egg on the 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 kicks to the grounded po- opponent. It was like it was like <laughs> a build up. There was like a build up. <laughs> Ooh, the kick. I don't know if I've seen that. I don't think I've ever seen that before in the UFC. That's uh, that's maybe come from our sort of love for football, maybe. I'm not sure. Where does that come from? I think um, that comes from uh, the, the uh, stereotypical British love to fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, Chicken the thing is, uh, a lot of people um, just let their opponent up, especially when they're winning on the feet like he was. He was really winning on the feet, so... Mm. 
my only explanation for why he was doing that was just to catch a breather while the other guy was down, let him rest a little bit. Um, he was dominating on the feet. There was a couple of points where I just thought, why aren't you letting this guy up? You're, you, you're probably going to knock him out. Um, maybe he got a bit tired, keeping that high pace all the way throughout the fight. Yeah, I mean, um, control-wise, he absolutely dominated the fight. It was 8 minutes 52 worth of control versus uh, one, 1 minute 41 from Vera. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of instances where the ref uh, took Vera to one side and, and ticked him off uh, quite quite harshly. Was he grabbing uh, the cage and stuff? I think I'm not sure what it was. I mean, there was even a point where he was demonstrating something on 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 Davy to Vera. Um, I'm not sure exactly what was going on. I've not watched watched that fight back yet. I'm going to watch it back to see what was going on. Yeah, I think you know from where we were sitting because we couldn't hear the commentary. Um, it's quite hard to know what the ref is doing. Like we don't, we didn't have a clue. We were like, "What the hell is going on here?" It was like a game of twister, wasn't it? At one point, it was like you put your hand there and your leg there. Yeah, <laughs> was like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, um, yeah. Another note. Uh, the only other notable thing I wanted to point out about this fight was, um, I think it was on the second round or the third round, Vera Vera got really impatient with uh, Davy coming off his stool. And actually went over to the other side of the ring to to hurry him up. Um, oh really? Yeah, I must have missed that man. Oh, he, uh, he looked he looked furious. He got this wild look in his eye and he was storming across the ring. Well, he was staying on the stool too long. Oh, I guess so. I mean, I I sort of looked up and all of his um, uh, I don't know what you call him pit team had uh, yeah. disappeared. Uh, his corner team had disappeared. His corner, yeah. And um, he just went, he went waltzing over there, and uh, the ref had to the point the ref had to send him back over to his side to get it on. Yeah, oh, interesting. I wonder what that was about. I guess that's something you're going to need to check out Fight Pass for. Mm. So anyway, let's move on to the next fight. Now, this one really should have been. I thought this was going to be fight of the night. Really, I did because of all the hype up uh, before the event. Um, Amir Khani being quite vocal with uh, Mike Wilkinson. Oh, in the media uh, day. On on the media day at the weigh-in, uh, some of the stuff he said, which has come out in the press about Mike's girlfriend, um, there was a lot of bad blood here. Um, they were both hyping the fight up. Um, so Amir Khani, right, he trains out of S SPG Island where Conor McGregor trains out of. He showed up to the uh, the media scrum pretty pimped out in his suit, right? He was the only one that was there in his suit. Mm. Um, he was talking a good game. I'm wondering how much of this he's actually um, picked up from Connor himself. He is the master of this right now. I wonder if he's uh, sort of following suit with this. Um, but the fight itself, uh, what did you think, Dave? Uh, yeah, I mean, from, uh, all, from all the things you just said, I was really looking forward to this fight. I mean, even the way in it was a little bit sort of heated. Um, the the big boss had to get between the two of them at one point uh, just just to spit him off a bit. Um, but it was it was complete it was a complete whitewash really um, by uh, Amir Khani. He just um, he just completely dominated on the ground. It was it was there was hardly, there was hardly any. Um, any action on the feet, it was all it was all on the ground. So um, it was yeah. uh, it was it seemed quite a long fight uh, just because the fact that it was uh, so one sided. It was it was uh, Amir Khani spent the majority of the time just just controlling uh, Wilkinson yeah. on the floor. Although His wrestling say, was just too much. 
it was it was um, Wilkinson. Wilkinson did get a really nice uh, strike uh, to the face of Amir Khani at one point. Uh, so yeah. much so that he gave him he gave him quite a shiner. Uh, yeah, noticed at the uh, press conference afterwards. Yeah, it was it was, the story of the fight really was the wrestling for uh, Amir Khani. He just whenever <laughs> saying that actually, I must cut you off there. Saying that um, Wilkinson did go for two submissions, which was uh, really quite exciting. Um, yeah. I thought I thought at one point he, he had him, but Amir Khan managed to sort of just uh, wriggle out th- of it in the end. I think he had him in like an inverted triangle at one point, and it looked really tight, but he just didn't have it, man. And then there was another time I think he had the the rear naked choke, and he just he couldn't get his hand under he couldn't get his hand under enough. Um, he just had his fingers locked together and couldn't really finish the um, the hold properly. That was really his only shot of winning because. Uh, Amir Khani could basically just take the fight to the ground whenever he wanted. It seemed like he could just literally dictate where the fight was going to happen. Mm. I don't think he, he mustn't have barely threw any punches in that fight, uh, standing at least. Uh, I uh, mean, it was uh, 70, uh, Amir Khani threw 77 total strikes and uh, Wilkinson just 94. So it, it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a lot of punches thrown. Um, yeah. I mean, thirty Wilkinson landed thirteen significant strikes in out of twenty three, and Carney thirty two out of fifty. So, um, yeah, like like you say, it was it was all about the wrestling on this one. And um, yeah, I was really hoping to see a bit more uh, a bit more muscle thrown uh, thrown toe to toe on that one. <clears throat> well, you know, I really once again I was being very patriotic, and I was hoping that Wilkinson was going to win. Well, now I look back in hindsight, I mean, even after the fight, I thought this. Amir Khani done an amazing job because he took minimal punishment. He took the fight into the areas of his strength and he dominated the entire fight. There wasn't a mm. round that you would score to Wilkinson, even with those few moments um, where it looked like he might be able to finish. He still wouldn't score it for him. So uh, Amir Khani looked really, really good. I hope we see more of his striking in the future, though, I have to say. Um, and good luck to Wilkinson. Hope he bounces back from this one. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, so on to the next one, right? So as we talked about earlier, um, Brad Pickett, I asked him before the fight, what are the chances of you finishing this with one punch? And he said... Very, very lightly, because uh, I throw very hard, and uh, he, he, he's been dropped many a time, so I, I could definitely see myself using my nickname in this one. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't end that way. <laughs> um it was a good fight. A lot of heavy lever thrown. Um, what did you think, Dave? Oh, it was a great brawl. It was a really great brawl. Um, I thought, um, I, I honestly thought that Rivera just nicked it, but um, yeah, the, the 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 decision the decision went um, pick its way. And uh, I know I could tell I could tell during you know when they were reading out the scorecards that he was begging and praying and crossing absolutely. Everything he had to cross, um, that that it was going to go his way, and hats off to him. The the judges saw it his saw it his way uh, at the end of the day. Um, yeah, it was it was incredibly close. I think he pulled off one of the the takedowns of the night, probably the takedown of the night. Actually, um, he actually picked up uh, Francisco Rivera, he kind um, of slammed him, yeah, and kind of threw him to the floor, uh, which was, I mean, it, 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 the, the the kind of core strength you must have have for that. It was. Uh, it was ridiculous. I'm just going to look up quickly how how heavy he weighs. Um, I mean, this... Uh, 135 I think... pounds, 61 ki- kilograms. I mean, that is impressive to be able to... 
he virtually picked him up from the floor, I think, and, and kind of threw him back down again. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he, um, you know, he really needed this fight. He was, he's been talking a lot, you know, especially in the the media, the media scrum, um, about you know how he's fighting to put food on the table at this point. You know, he has his few pro- projects he has going on outside of the organization, but right now, fighting is really about just paying the bills and, and getting the money in. For mm. his new kid, he's just had a new kid. Yep. Um, so he re- <coughs> Sorry, man. So, uh... <coughs> shit. Man. Fuck. This is not good. I got this video. I did not talk that much today, man. My fucking throat is fucked. Um, so he really needed this win, and he got it, and I'm really happy for him. I have to say, um... He definitely makes us Londoners proud when it comes to fighting. You know, he shows mm. such heart. Um, not many fighters have that kind of spirit to keep going, to keep going forward. You know, even after taking some serious punishment, the guy never gives up, always throws down. Um, uh, that was actually one of my second questions I was going to throw after, um, throw at the guys um, uh, after Bisping shut me down completely. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask Brad Pickett, you know, what would he say to um, young Londoners who want to get involved in the sport, you know, joining in on the MMA scene now in their, you know, in the in the MMA landscape? What advice would he give to them? Um, would have been interesting to see what he had to say about that, because at the moment he's the only London representative in the UFC. Um, so, yeah, that would have been Question two, uh, which should have been question two, <laughs> um, had Bisping have not shut me down. So anyway, Brad Pickett won that fight. I think it could have gone either way. Uh, Rivera done really, really well as well. You know, he was swinging for the fences. Uh, they both were. Pickett, I think maybe it came to the takedowns, really. Maybe that's what changed the um, the scores uh, in his favor. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, Pickett had two, uh, three and Rivera had two. It, I think it actually came down to control in the end because uh, Pickett controlled uh, just shy of three minutes 20 of the fight, uh, whereas, um, according to this, Rivera only had 23 seconds of control during the fight. Right. So, right, uh, right. yeah. I guess that's their top position on being on ground and, you know, bottom position. Mm. Um yeah, there was no, I mean, there wasn't really much jiu-jitsu. There was no offense off the back for Rivera. Um, so, you know, you can see that, definitely see that. Now, this is a fight, right? So, on to the next one. This is, <coughs> so, on to the next one. This is a fight which I thought was going to be really, really one-sided for the home hometown boy, Tom Breeze. Um, I was actually sitting next to somebody in the stands who actually, um, knows him personally and has seen him train or trains with him. Um, and he was telling me about how good Tom Breeze is. I've never seen him fight before. Um, he is, he has been in the UFC. I think he won his first fight really impressively in the UFC. Uh, this is the first time I've seen him fight and he was fighting Kita Nakamura from Japan. And, um, I thought this was going to be very one-sided because at the weigh-ins Breeze looks so much bigger the Nakamura and Nakamura I, I tell you what he's got a good game face because he looked he just looked he, he didn't show like he was angry or scared he just looked like blank stare at the way with the weigh-ins and um, 
I kind of took that as maybe he's a bit intimidated by Breeze. Um, but he, he definitely wasn't when it came to the fight. So, mm. Dave, what did you think about this one? Um, firstly, congrats. Obviously, it is nice to see Brits win um, at home. Or it's nice to see, it's nice to see fighters win in their, in their home, home country. Um, uh, yeah, I've not ever seen Tom Bruce fight before either. Um, I did. I must say, the fight, the fight was very quite. Slow. It, it was quite a slow fight. It was a uh, quite a lot of um, ground yeah, game again, grappling again. Yeah, yes. there was a lot of a lot of that. I have to say, I thought Nakamura was uh, um, winning it at one point, but yeah. Um, no, I mean all all three judges disagree with that one, and they all went um, Tom Breeze's way on the night. Oh, hold um, on, I think this was the fight with the inverted triangle. This was the fight where Breeze had Nakamura in the inverted triangle, wasn't it? Yes, I think so. Yeah, they both yeah. had one. They both had one submission attempt each. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was it just didn't manage to lock it in properly. Yeah, I mean Na- Nakamura uh, landed three uh, three takedowns, or, yeah. and uh, Breeze actually didn't manage any. Which is one of the reasons I thought that um, Nakamura had it for sure. Yeah, he just, he just seemed to be sort of uh, the aggressor and all of it. But by the looks of it, uh, look looking at all the sort of stats and everything, um, I would say that Tom Breeze managed to turn it turn it around while he was on the ground. So that's off to him yeah. for that, really. Um, Nakamura's uh, judo was the big story in this fight. I think Breeze couldn't get him to the ground. His base was so strong, and he was able to take. Um, Breeze down a few times. Mm. Everybody thought this fight was going to be a breeze for Tom Breeze, and it wasn't. But he still won, so you know he done really, really well. Um, not the exciting fight that we thought it was going to be. Uh, it was quite a grueling fight. Uh, it was enjoyable to watch, I think. Yes, uh, I look forward to um, seeing him again, and especially now he's now tenth row. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fresh has ma- got to be on. He's hit double figures and he's not lost yet. So, whoever he's yeah. up against next, I think I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on him to maintain this winning streak. Now, you know, I think for him, as with most British fighters, wrestling seems to be the kryptonite. So, I hope he um, he improves his wrestling or judo. Mm. And um, you know, he's a fa- he looks like he's got a fantastic career ahead of him. You know, he's still young. Um, the sky is the limit for him. So it would be interesting and it'll be exciting to see what he does next. Yeah, good luck, Tom. <coughs> so uh, on to the uh, co-main event of the evening, right? Now, this was the classic grappler versus striker match. It was Gegard Musasi versus Tyler's Ladies. Now, yes. the Ladies had fought the, uh, Anderson Silva before. All and, right. Uh, it was one of these fights where it just looked like Anderson was just playing with him. Uh, and could have finished him at any time, but chose not to. And actually, after the fight, Silva said that he didn't finish Leites out of respect, um, being a fellow Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. Right? Um, so Leites, he kind of uh, went on a uh, decline after that fight. We didn't see him for a long time. Um, now he's kind of rising back up. He's co-main. It's pretty impressive that he's co-main event. Um his performance on the night is pretty good. He's starting to brawl a lot more. Um, something he didn't really have in his arsenal before was um, was much stand-up. His stand-up wasn't his 
his strength. It's always been his Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It still is, but he's not scared to throw heavy punches now and go for the knockouts. Um, but then he's coming up against Gegard Mousasi, who is a boxer primarily, right? Mm. Um, Dave, what did you think of this fight? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually thought uh, before the fight that Lacey um, stood a much better chance um, in this fight. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. I mean, uh, there, you know, the, there has been a lot of talk that he's uh, Lacey's has been working on his striking game, um, and he proved that in one of his previous fights. I think one of his more recent fights um, that he's uh, he's got significant striking now. But um, against Musasi, it just didn't happen, did it? Um, Musasi just dominated him. Um, there was there was no real uh, ground game. This was this was this was a, a straight out fisticuffs. Um, and um, Musasi, Gegard Musasi, just took it, took it to him, and just, just he, he schooled him basically in boxing. Um, yeah, and by the end of the fight, Lates was so beat down and tired that he just, he's almost like he gave up. Um, he didn't want to yeah. get off the ground. I don't, um, I, I don't think this was a fight he was looking forward to. To be honest, um, I think if it was a if it was an opponent that was more into the uh, the wrestling, I think he, he would have stood a better chance. But um, yeah, um, interesting interesting point. Um, Gegard was actually originally slated to uh, fight, fight Bisping. Um, Bisping. Yeah, in this fight. Yeah. Who do you think would have won that fight? Because you know Bisping primarily relies on his boxing. Um, I think Gegard might have taken him. You know? I think he might have as well. You know, I do um, think just, that. Just look at, looking at um, uh, Gegard's the, the way Gegard fought fought in that fight, he was just He's very crisp so on the money. He was, yeah. he was so on the money, and um, Bisping is a little bit of a. From what I've seen of him, he's, he's a bit of a wild card in, in his swings. He, you know, he throw he throws some good some good clean punches, but I think some of them are a bit hit and miss as well. So I think um, Gegard's Gegard's posture and his stance definitely would have taken him. I think he's got a more technical boxing approach. Um, and going up against striker versus striker, unless um, Bisping decided to mix up his wrestling a little bit a little bit more in the fight. Yeah, so I think Gegard Musasi is a much better technical boxer. And in a straight-up boxing match, Bisping versus Musasi, I reckon Musasi takes it in boxing. But, you know, in MMA, anything could happen, you know. Bisping could catch a a submission, he could land a head kick, you know, he could get a takedown and, and mm -hmm. you know, land some ground and pound can change the fight. Um, you know, it only takes one punch to change a fight. You hit a black belt in the face once, you become a brown belt, hit <laughs> him in the face twice, uh, you know, they become a green belt or something. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a fight I'd love to see actually, uh hopefully in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Well I think Bisping is heading up towards a title shot now. Um, so maybe not that close in the future. Oh, right, we might yeah, see uh, we might see Musazi versus Silver. Um, that would be an impressive fight uh, to watch. I think um, so. I think Silver would take him apart. You think so? I don't. Know, I think that'd be very competitive. I think that'd be a very competitive fight because both. I, I would have to say in that fight, um, they've both got similar attributes in terms of striking and ground. Okay. Um, I think that would be a really close fight, um, an exciting one because I, you know, like the way Silver fights, um, he likes to box as well, um, and his head movement 
is is probably one of the best there is out there. Um, I don't know that that's that's one I guess we'll have to look at later. But um, that could be a really good fight. That definitely mm. could be a good fight. Leite's look good. I have to say though, he done really well up until round three. Um, he um, he kind of just gassed out completely. I think in round three, he was still throwing heavy punches, just hoping for the knockout, and it never really came for him. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I mean, he he lost. He, he clearly lost the first two rounds. So I think he uh, he just threw his all in at the end of the end of the third round there. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, <coughs> so now on to the main event of the night. Um, the stadium, the atmosphere, um, especially the co-main and leading into... Actually, I think all of the main card was super excited, but this one, um, when the fires came out, when the lights went out and the music came on, uh, the atmosphere in the O2 was crazy. Mm. Um, what did you think of it all, Dave? Well, it was... Uh, it was, it was... I don't. I mean, it's, I've not been to many uh, UFC events. Um, well, this, is, this was in fact my second UFC event, but um, it was it was just like a it, it, the way the crowd received him. It was like a it was like an epic battle of the titans. Um, yeah. Um, it was it was just it, the the whole place went electric as soon as soon as the main event kicked off. Yeah. Well, and the support, Bisping, the support for Bisping was off the chart, really. But you say that, and uh, in round two, no, not round two, in round four, where it looked like it was all over mm. for Bisping, the crowd was going crazy. People were going crazy for Silver. Um, the guy who was sitting next to me, who was friends with Tom Breeze, he was supporting Silver. Um, every time... Um, you know, in round two, where Bisping landed that, that combo, he was, like, shocked. He was, like, upset almost. <laughs> it was uh -huh. weird. It was like a split reaction, wasn't it? I think half the audience were booing Bisping. Um, I think it was 60-40 or 70-30 or to Bisping, I have to say. Yeah. I think there was a, there was a definite, definite stronger... I think it may be the whole uh, British thing, again, isn't it? the British fire, British fire at home sort of thing. Uh, yeah. Bisping definitely said it, it. Definitely said the reaction from the crowd and support from the crowd definitely willed him on to, uh, to keep to, fighting, uh, keep fighting, and keep and keep going. Yeah. So I have to say, I've never seen Bisping look so good in a fight. So the first two rounds, he really done well. He really dominated the fight. Well, sort of. It took a while before Silver even sort of got into the fight. It felt. Um, towards the end of the first round, Silver started being more aggressive. By that point, um, Bisping had really, you know, he'd got a few punches in. Mm. Um, he quite clearly won round one and two, right? Yes. Um, especially round two with that knockdown where I thought it might have ended at that point. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody thought Bisping could have knocked down Anderson Silver. And he did. And it, to me, from where we were, it looked like it might have almost been finished. Um, but he ran straight into the guard of the spider, and uh, he managed to, you know, fit, uh, defend intelligently for long enough for the round to end. Um, but you know that comes from his experience. I mean, Silva is known as the greatest of all time for a reason. You know, um, he survived four four and a half rounds of being beat down and come back and submitted um, and won and retained his title before. So to come back from just a little uh, one-two like that, 
Um, I'm not sure why uh, I was so shocked <laughs> at the time. It was just like looked like it was going to end. Mm. Um, but when you put that into perspective, it's probably not as bad as it looked. Um, what did you think at that point? Yeah, I mean the place the place it absolutely erupted when that happened. Um, uh, I, I certainly was on my feet. Um, firstly, because it was a wow a wow moment, but secondly, because well, all the people in front of me were stood up, so I had to stand up to see what was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, um, it, it's one of those it's one of those sort of moments here. Certainly, certainly, um, hats off to Bisping for achieving that result. Um, you know, just to be able to knock one of the, one of the greatest fighters to their on on their backsides is uh yeah that's one for the CV right yeah it would have been you know for Bisping he doesn't finish all too many fights right um you know what? I was thinking about this actually right let me go back to the question that I asked Bisping and he reacted like this mm. and we said to these questions I was thinking about why he reacted like that right and then uh, I was thinking about what Forrest Griffin said. And he said, uh, and uh, then it kind of started to come together. I kind of started putting the jigsaw pieces together, and I realized why Bisping reacted so badly to my question. It's because there is a fighter in the UFC who has a finishing move, and everybody knows the name of it. It is. Okay. Dan Henderson. And his finishing move is the H-bomb. And guess who is on the highlight reel, immortalized forever, getting hit with the H-bomb? Mm. It is Michael Bisping. And I think that might be the reason he didn't have think... that question. <laughs> I think it's more to do with the fact with uh, Ethan taking and, and you know ass whooping <laughs> one of the, one of the best fighters in the UFC. Yeah, no, I know, and, I know. Anyway, <laughs> moving on, swiftly moving on. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. Anyway, I, that that was the conclusion I came to from that. Anyway, let's carry on the fight. So, round one and two went Bisping. Round three, Silver really started hitting his stride here. He was doing that Matrix stuff. He was rolling away from the punches. At one point, he hit Bisping with the front kick to the face, which rocked him mm. um, quite badly, it looked like. I, I actually did think that fight could end any second at that point. Um, props to Bisping, though. He bounced back. Uh, he kept his head on his shoulders and uh, kept marching forward. And uh, yeah, Bisping did take a uh, swift kick to the uh, the old crown jewels as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that just made him mad, to be honest. Oh, man. Last, the last UFC in London, um, that was the only memorable event for you, wasn't it? When That's right. Bisping, Bisping took a swing to his... Bisping to his crowd, Jules. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's painful to even see on the screen. Um, I can't imagine what it's like I got. Yeah. I got to say, when when you've got the likes of fourteen thousand people reacting to the slow motion replay, <laughs> I think it makes it. I think it makes every man's crown jewels ache just that little bit. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. that. Ooh. Yeah, fourteen thousand times. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, 
it looked like, oh, I mean, it was obvious that Silva won the third round. Um, he'd hit his stride. He'd got the timing of Bisping. He was even toying with him a bit, you know. He puts his back up against the cage and just literally says, hit me, and he just moves out of the way. And, and that must be really, really frustrating for Fire um, to be throwing punches at somebody who just doesn't care. Just throw a punch. Try it. Try and take me down. I'm standing right here. What are you doing? Um, it's the mental side of it, I guess, that must really mess people up. Um, Silva's done this some various times, and he's always won afterwards. Um, except for the Weidman fight, where he tried to do that a bit too early on in the fight, where he hadn't figured Weidman out yet, and it didn't end well. Um, but Silva won round three. Going on into round four, now this was an exciting round, right? Because this being kind of uh, started gaining some ground back after that. I kind of felt like he was winning that round, right? Until towards the end, where Silva started, you know, landing a lot of punches. And then the moment, this is a moment of controversy, right? Mm. Bisping loses his gum shield, right? And uh, he breaks away from a clinch from Silva. And he points at his gum shield as if to say, can I have that back? And while he's pointing, Silva's seen that the ref hasn't stepped in to do anything and um, and he, get, he gets a knee in the face for his, uh, for his troubles. Yes, that was, that was epic. Um, the, the place went absolutely, the O2 went berserk. Because it was like a classic Anderson Silva finish. Only, it wasn't a finish because uh, Bisping was still in the fight and the ref hadn't called it yet. Yeah. Um, but Bisping, Bisping had uh, a lot to say about the ref. Well, he certainly made a reference to the ref um, saying he's not sure why he's classed as uh, one of the best refs in the world, blah, blah, blah. Um, I have to say, it's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the world to marshal um, a fight like that. And um, I think he did. I, d I think the ref did a bang-up job, I have to say. Yeah, yeah well, Herb Dean, um, he is considered the best of the best. Um, I think a lot of people think this as well that Bisping actually was playing the game a little bit, trying to, bit, trying to uh, buy a bit of time uh, to catch his breath before going back into the fight. So some people will say that. Um, it might have been legitimate. Uh, he just wanted it back quickly. That's why he broke away from the clinch to, to sort of create a bit of space and time. Um, I don't know, man. But either way, that knee landed and everyone thought it was finished, including Silva. And uh, he's up on the cage uh, doing his typical sort of victory uh, move on the side of the cage. And uh, then the bell goes and it's round five. Yeah. Uh, end of round four and into round five. It was almost like Bisping has somehow managed to get a second life uh, in the fight. You know, it was over. Um, he hit continue. <laughs> he inserted a new coin and carried on playing. Um yeah, so that was a shocking moment. I've never seen that happen before, man. It looked like, you know, all of the, the sort of the typical, um, sort of all of the, the uh, oh God, what are, they, what are they called? The guys that come into the ring afterwards. Um, they were all in there, not just the cornermen. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we sat down thinking that was it. We were sort of, we were sort <laughs> of just uh, sat down and going, wow, that, what a fight, what a fight. And then you see yeah. the... Uh, 
the ring girl come around with the card. Um, <laughs> yeah. What was her name? Carly, Carly Baker. Yeah. Uh, came uh, came strutting their stuff around the ring with their round five. I was like, what? Oh, hang on a second. Um, yeah, I think um, there was that really tall, uh, really ridiculously tall USC official guy who we thought was a ref at one point. Um, uh, he was talking him down, being quite apologetic to Silver at one point. Uh, you know, when he jumped up on the up on the side of the cage. Um, so yeah, I wonder. Um, I do wonder if uh, you know if uh, the the effect of um, Silver believing he'd already won the fight and then having to go back in. I wonder if that cost him the fight ultimately. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I thought Bisping's never going to be able to come back from a blow like that. He really caught him clean with that knee. Um, I think, you know, if Silver hadn't of... Silver basically tried to do the classic sort of knock him down and walk away finish, right? Although it wasn't finished. If he had continued his assault after the knee and hit him with a few follow-up punches, that fight would have been done right there. Um... But it wouldn't, though, would it? Because he'd lost his gum shield. That was the whole point. No, it wouldn't. I mean, Herb Deem didn't stop the fight, so the fight was still continued because... Oh, right, um, he would have been a proper TKO. Yeah, normally they only put the gum shield back when there's a break in the action, and there was kind of, but I guess it wasn't long enough um, for him to stop the fight and put the Mm. gum shield back in. So both fighters really made a mistake there. Bisping... Relied on, uh, was reliant on Herb Dean causing the fight and trying to tell, basically trying to tell the ref how to do his job. And that cost him a knee in the face. And then Silver lands the knee and just assumes the fight's over. He didn't wait for the ref to stop it. Um, that is a mistake as well. He should have, yeah, it's true. He should have uh, continued the onslaught. And he would have finished the fight. That would have been a win for Silva. Almost definitely. You know, Bisping was pretty much out at that point, I think. You know, a couple more punches and I think the lights were going out. Mm. Um, so it was weird. It was weird. I've never seen that happen before. It was a fantastic main event. Crowd was going crazy. Um, everybody was on their feet. And it, actually, you know, it was the best Bisping fight there's ever been. There's been some great Bisping fights. Um, but this is the best one. This is the best back and forth battle um, with really sort of highlights um, all the way throughout uh, and a controversial decision at the end. I mean, really, if they scored it for a silver, I don't think anybody would have been surprised. Um, well, how did you score it, Dave? Um, I think I did score it slightly uh, in Bisping's favour. Um it was a close one. It really was close. I mean, definitely Bisping definitely had one or two, 100%, no doubt. Um, there was a question mark for me over three and four, perhaps. I think I think um, Silver won those, really. But then it, it, it effectively came down to round five, even after Bisping took the, you know, the, the, the slightly controversial knee to the face. Um <laughs> I, I just thought, um, I mean, hats off to him. He did remarkably well to bounce back after that and, and uh, clinch the victory. I mean, the, the, just looking at the stats, the, the judges, were, it, was, uh, it was unanimous uh, that they had Bisping won it 48 to 
it was actually round four um, where they scored it Bisping instead of Silver, um, even including that knee. Um, so I think I think it's, it's right. Bisping was winning that round um, until the knee. So it really depends on how they saw that and how much of a, an effect that had on the scorecards. Mm. I mean, ultimately, Bisping was was infinitely more aggressive uh, and dominating in the fight, I think, uh, than Silva. Yeah. Um, but Silva showed, um, you know, I think that knee was, you know, was very close to a finish. Very close. And I think you could, you could even consider that a knockdown because um, he hit him with it and he went to his knee. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he got his knockdown on the, on the stats. They both got a knockdown each on the stats. Um, yeah. Bisping definitely threw a lot more punches um, than Silva and uh, certainly significant strikes. I mean, the stats are slightly, percentage-wise, it's slightly lower, but I mean, Bisping threw 316 significant strikes uh, and landed 108 of them. Um, so, yeah, hats off, hats off to Bisping. It yeah, was done well. I can't wait to see uh, who they're lined up against next. Um, I think it almost warrants a rematch, man. I think it was that close. That I, don't Bisping, I don't think Bisping would take it, to be honest. In a rematch. I think Bisping is going to be purely he wants focused the title on, shot. Um, yeah, he, he's purely tight, focused on the title shot now. Uh, yeah. I mean, in the Q and A, Luke, Luke Rockhold said, you know, he he, you know, he would consider a title fight from from the winner of this fight, didn't he? So yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, Silver is a big fight for anyone. I don't see why anyone would turn it down because Rockhold has it's a big Silver money before, fight, hasn't he? Yeah, and he's been before actually. He's fought Bisping. He hasn't fought Silver, and That's he knocked right, Bisping yeah. out actually with a head kick. Um, Luke Rockhold is a fantastic fighter. Um, his kicks are devastating, but he's also got a crazy ground game, and his wrestling's very good as well. He's a really, really well-rounded fighter. Where I think how the he match, where how Bisping matches up with Rockhold, um, it's a tough fight for him, man, because his primary weapon is the stand-up. Uh, and mainly punches. He's not really known for his kicks. Rockhold is known for his kicks. Um, you know, and a kick's going to land before a punch in most cases, uh, especially uh, especially when you're a long sort of rangy fighter like Rockhold is. Um, it's, um, it's a tough fight for Bisping. What do you think? I mean, you haven't probably haven't seen that much of Rockhold fight. Have I you? haven't, no. I haven't seen that much, but... Um... Yeah, well, I mean, we'll talk about this again. I think, I think we'll talk about... We'll uh, revisit it, yeah. We'll, we'll definitely... Let, let's, see, let's see how it plays out. I mean, I think there's going to be a, a silence for, for... Certainly until... Um, probably after 196, maybe, we'll hear, we'll hear a bit more rumblings about it, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I have to say, at the end of the fight, when you look at the two fighters, right? Silver and Bisping. Mm. Bisping was busted up, man. His face was busted up. And Silver... He had a bit of a bruise. It didn't really look like there was much of a scratch on him, though, was there? <laughs> no, it really didn't. Um, and there's a lot of people saying, you know, the way Bisping doesn't really... He doesn't really finish fights in one punch or anything like that. It's usually sort of a combination of mm. of, of blows that, you know, wears the opponent down and eventually ends up sort of TKO. Uh, Silva has knocked people out with one strike many times. Um, I don't know why. I mean, 
the guy sitting next to me was saying, you know, Bisping puts too much weight on his front foot. You know, he doesn't throw from his back foot. Um, when we saw Silva throwing some of those heavy shots, he was almost coming off his feet. He was throwing so hard. You mm. know what I mean? He was yeah. throwing these punches where he was spit. He was sort of so much talk in the punch and from the ground to his fist. He was almost coming off his feet. It was that hard. Yeah, um, I think he was. He's, he's kind of, kind of resembled that Brazil. What was the, what's the Brazilian martial art? Um, Capoeira. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're doing all the spinning stuff. It was almost, it was almost borderline that, really, wasn't it? He's trained in lots of, in lots of styles. He was sort of doing sort of um, Wing Chun style hand movements as well at one point. Um, I think that was just to mock him, to be honest. I think, yeah, I think that was that was a pure mind game tactic on that one. Bit, yeah, bit... but it works, man. <laughs> Yeah, it does work. He was he was getting to him, but you're right. I think he was he he was doing it to to sort of. He's always been a sort of counter fighter, you know, get the other person to attack first and then yeah. encounter. Um, it was a great fight. It was. Um, how I saw it, I don't know. I could see why they scored it for Bisping, but generally speaking, I thought Silver had won that man. I really did. Hmm. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I I do think I do think Bisping was just definitely the more, um, like I said before, he was the more aggressive fighter. He seemed to sort of dominate the majority of the the fight. Yes, I mean Silver got some some quality action on on Bisping, and if 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 the fight if they if they rematched, I, I have to say I think I'd probably lean towards more Silver. Um, might have him on, a, on, a, on a rematch. I think Silver Silver's got him got him pegged now. Yeah, um, if they if they fight again, I would I would put money on Silver taking him out in the in the one or two. I don't think yeah. Silver, Silver would let him uh, get away with that twice. Yeah, yeah, it did seem like he'd solved the puzzle in round three mm. um, of Bisping, but you know Bisping his cardio was so good. He stayed in there even after taking that blow to the chin with the knee. Oh man. I don't know that there's many fighters out there that could do that. Um, so he's tough as nails. He deserved the victory. Um, it's fantastic. Fantastic. Um, so I guess that's it for the, for the fight night. We've basically covered all of the fights and what we thought of each fight. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the upcoming uh, epic McGregor versus Diaz? Yeah, I mean, uh, McGregor was supposed to fight... Uh... Is it Dos Anjos? Yeah, Dos Anjos, right? like heavyweight champ. Yep. Yeah, it's supposed to be a uh, a fight for the uh, two belts in one fight, wasn't it? That's right. So McGregor is trying to be uh, the first ever in the UFC to hold two belts simultaneously. Um, there has been two-time weight class um, champions, but not at the same time. Um, so... He's trying to make history here. I have to say that fight against Dos Anjos would have been tough because Dos Anjos is big for the weight class. He's a great wrestler and a great uh, jiu-jitsu guy. Mm. Connor's real strength is his speed, his technique in the stand-up. Um, we haven't seen that much of his ground game, so it's kind of a question mark. Um, Dos Anjos would have tested that, and that would have been an interesting fight to watch. Um, we're now going into another fight now. So with Dos Anjos out with a injury to his foot, I think he broke his foot. Yes, um, I think so. 
he's out of that fight completely. And within two weeks, they've replaced him with um, Nate Diaz, right? Nate Diaz, fan favorite fighter. You know much about him, Dave? No, no, not too much. Okay, so the Diaz brothers, there's two of them. There's Nick and Nate, and they are fan favorites. Um, probably some of the most exciting fighters on the roster because not only uh, are they great fighters, they're also really good at trash talking, <laughs> not just outside of the fight, but in the middle of the fight as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that really gets the crowd on board. And, you know, it shows character. I think when you look at fighters, uh, particularly in the UFC, the ones that have character, people like them, whether it's for a good reason or a bad reason. Mm. With Bisping, there's a lot of people that hate him. And um, especially in the US, a lot of people hate him. Um, and I never really understood it before. <laughs> um, you know, I still support the British guys, but I can see why uh, some American people don't like him so much. Um, <laughs> so, who's moving on from Bisping? Who do you think is going to... Uh... Who do you think is going to win between uh, McGregor and Diaz? It's a tough fight, man, because they've got similar styles. Well, I, they're not similar, really. Diaz is really a... He likes to... Um, he, he's a striker, right? He's a... He likes to wear people down with a barrage of hits. He never really throws superpower punches, but he just keeps throwing punches. Mm. Doesn't stop. His endurance is crazy. His ground game, he's black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's under one of the Gracies. Um, he is, you know, a great fighter. He really doesn't wrestle that much. And that kind of seems to be, I'm not sure if it is, but it seems to be a weakness from McGregor. Um, looking at one of his past fights against Mendez, uh, Mendez seemed to be able to take him down uh, early on in the fight fairly easy. I don't see that happening with Diaz. Diaz isn't going to be able to do that. Um, well, he might be able to do it because he's two, he's, yeah, he's two weight classes above McGregor. So I wouldn't rule out Diaz being able to take McGregor down. Um, if it goes to the ground, McGregor is going to be tested because Diaz sub submits a lot of people. Mm. Um, I'm not sure what his record is, but I've seen some amazing submission finishes from Diaz. Um, I think it's going to turn into a striking bout. And it's not out of the question that uh, McGregor could finish this on the feet. There has been people that have finished Diaz. Um, I think it was Josh Thompson managed to finish Diaz with a head kick, I think, uh, not so long ago. Um, what are your thoughts anyway? Oh, I don't know. I mean, looking at that press conference, um, they, I, I don't know. I think Diaz looked a little bit nervous in that in that press conference. Um, I have to say, he didn't seem himself. I mean, normally he's very. He wasn't very comfortable outspoken. at all. He wasn't yeah. comfortable. Um, I mean, there was a lot of trash talking, and you, if you take that take that to one side, he just looked slightly out, a slightly nervous and um, a little scared, if I'm honest. Um, uh, I think uh, I think McGregor's um, psychologically, manner, he's psycholo he's... he's psychologically got the got the upper hand at the moment. 
whether or not that that will change uh, in the coming coming days, I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah. I, I'm almost tempted to stay up for this one. Yeah, it's worth it. I think this will be worth staying up for this one for sure. I mean, it's going to be one of those late ones, isn't it? It's going to be yeah, uh, it's going to be super late. It'll be like four in the morning. Oof. I might set the alarm and I should get up. Main, yeah, the main card probably start about three a.m. and then you'd have to stay up till about six or something. Would it be on five past? Um, you think afterwards? No, it's BT Sport. Um, it might be like a few days after. Maybe they'll put it on five. I mean, I've got BT Sport, so I, I'll have to look if they've got the on on demand. But I'm tempted yeah. to stay up for this one. I have to say. Yeah, it's going to be a great fight. And I also, tend to watch um, it the, the the morning after. Yeah, wake up and watch it in the morning after. Um, try and stay away from the internet and Twitter for as long as I can. That's the. There's nothing worse than waking up the next day and someone's like put it on Twitter and it's the first thing you see like in the morning. Yeah. Some notification pops up and you're like, God damn, I did not want to know that. Um, and uh, going back to 196, there is also um, uh, well bantamweight. Uh, championship, uh, a championship fight between the ladies, Holm versus Tate. Yeah, um, Holm won so decisively over Ronda Rousey, who was so dominant uh, as champion, and the way that she won was so spectacular um, that Tate is a stand-up striker, but she's good at wrestling. Mm. Ronda is really good judo right and um on a different level you know to anybody else in that division when it comes to sort of grappling and uh home beat her easily like uh, it was i I don't know this is going to be a tough fight for tate it's really going to be a tough fight for tate um because not only is uh home so strong in the grappling but her striking is is probably the best in well it is the best in the division that's why she's the champ mm. um it's a tough fight for her um what do you think dave you haven't probably seen these these uh ladies fight yet have you no i have not um again it's uh piqued my interest in this event i have to say it's one of those uh, again another reason i do like a good title fight um yeah. and uh yeah i am tempted to stay up to watch this one um from what i've seen from what I have seen of home, I, I would say that she, I think she's got it. I think she's got it in the bag. I think it's going to be a not going to be an easy fight, but I think it's, it's going to be a, a tough fight. It's, it's going to be a tough, tough fight, fight, but I think it's a doable fight for her. Yeah, but going back to the main the main event, you know what's interesting about this, right? So McGregor's one forty five, right? Diaz has fought at fifty five, and he's fought at seventy. Yeah, one seventy. Mm-hmm. Diaz wasn't aware of this fight until two weeks before. And um, he said, no, I, I can't make the 155, right? Which was, was what uh, McGregor was going to fight at anyway, 155 against Dos Anjos. So he said, uh, we'll do it at 165, right? So then they get back on the phone to McGregor and say, yeah, um, it's going to be a catch weight at 165. And this is how confident McGregor is, right? In this fight, he says, no, you tell Diaz it's 170. <laughs> Don't worry about the weight cut. That takes some balls, doesn't it? Mm. To, say to, the, to say to the heavier fighter, Don't worry about the weight. Just 170. <laughs> so there's no excuses. Um, if McGregor wins this fight, that's a real statement. If he wins, 
decisively, right, and beat someone, and, and not just someone, a top fighter, right? What a fan favorite, a well-known fighter, a veteran in the UFC. If he takes him out, man, that's that's like legendary right there. Um, what do you reckon, man? Is he going to do it? Is he going to do it? I don't know. I just got I got the yes feeling, sort of <laughs> welling up inside. I think I think yeah, I think he will. I think he's going rattled. I think just like the whole sort of, you know. Um, you know his 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 um, I think of the word like his uh, fight the the opinions of the fighters of it. I think he just makes easy and the guy's an animal. So yeah, um, well his stand up is fantastic, man. Um, yeah. his stand up has been so clean and so crisp. The people that he's beaten, um, in particular, um, Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo, right dominated that division for years no one could beat him man. nobody could beat this guy and he beat him in the first round with one punch it was all over and it was just timing precision and preparation like they said you know before the fight there was you could see him practicing that move that's the exact move right in the locker room before the fight and it was like he knew it was going to happen he knew exactly how the fight was going to go down He'd rehearsed that move in the locker room. So this isn't just a guy that has confidence. This is a guy that is prepared and has done the preparation. Um, but with this fight, he's only had two weeks to do it. So I don't know, man. What's going to happen? I don't know. It's a big question mark. Um, if you guys are interested in UFC at all, this is the fight you've got to tune into. Um, yeah, this is a big fight. Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that now. <laughs> yeah, I think, that, I think I think we've said all there is to say that, uh, that, uh, about that fight at the moment. Um, I yeah. think uh, I think we'll do a podcast um, post uh, one nine six. Post one ninety six. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I'll be. Uh, I'm a little under the weather now. I don't know if you guys noticed. So I apologise if I'm not been as lively um, as I usually am on these podcasts. Um, but yeah. I'll be recovered by then, hopefully. Um, so I guess we should start to wrap this up now, should we? Uh, yes, I mean, I'd like to probably finish by uh, saying a massive thank you to the UFC for inviting us to uh, Fight Night London. It was a the most enjoyable event I've been to um, this year. Uh, I say, I say, in the last two years, um, I, um, it, yeah, it, it can't be topped. And I've been to you know the the Olympics and uh, the Commonwealth Games, and uh, this by far was was the the better of events that I've been to. Yeah, definitely, it was it is definitely the best uh, UK UFC card I think they've ever had. Um, it's a mixture of finishes and and exciting uh, moments. Even the decision fights were exciting. Um, yeah, all in all, it was a fantastic event, um, and I can't wait for them to come back. Or if there's one in Ireland or, or somewhere else in the UK, um, we'll hopefully be there to check that out as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so massive thank you to the UFC for that. Thanks to you guys for listening to the world's first, second UFC podcast. Um, the first podcast is pretty good as well. You guys can go back and listen to that. There's actually a video of that as well. Um, we filmed it on Google Hangouts. We were just testing out Google Hangouts 
um, to see how it worked, whether the quality of that kind of matches up to how we're doing it now. Um, I guess it would have if the condenser mic hadn't have broken on us. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened there. I mean, it's working fine now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I don't know. The gods weren't. The gods were against us on that one. I think um, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so um, I, I think I think we're done. Um, I would like to point out that there will be um, uh, some UFC related podcast coming up soon where we're going to be taking a look at um, the UFC games. Of course. So we're seeing, yeah. we're going to see if the UFC EA, let me do that again. So we're going to see if the EA UFC 2 game is as real as it gets. Mm. So uh, I've been uh, starting to do my homework on the original UFC game at the moment. Uh, I'm just in, uh, in training at the moment because uh, I want to know uh, all the ins and outs of the first game uh, versus the second game, but yeah, we, it should be it shouldn't be too long until I get my hands on um, UFC two. So I hope you're ready. Uh, there's going to be a bit of a battle b- between you and me, my friend. Um, London versus London versus Cambridge. On uh... you know what, Dave, you weigh in at one seventy, man. Don't matter. I'll fight one point five. Don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think Dave does weigh one seventy now. The amount of cross ones he had at the end. What? <laughs> uh, anyway, listen. Thanks everybody for listening in to this uh, podcast. Um, I promise the next one's going to be better because I, I think I'll, I would have recovered by then. Um, so thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to What Gear on YouTube. Check us out on WhatGear.net, and uh, we'll see you in the next one. Don't be late. <laughs>